0: Hammer down and push your IndyCar car to the limit. No better way to quiet your critics than to go to victory lane. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar Series. Helio Castroneves joins the four-time winners. Please. Ericsson wins the Indianapolis 500 in the most dramatic way. Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. No matter whether it's a street circuit, a road course, a super speedway, or a small oval, it's fantastic, and there's more to come in 2022. This is Sirius XM's Brick Brick by brick.
1: Brick. Welcome back, everyone, to your stop for all IndyCar news notes Well, projections, objections, you get the picture. You've been with us since the drop of the green flag in St. Petersburg. He's Tony Kanan. I'm Jack Arudin. TK, before we look back on your teammate Scott Dixon's first victory of the season, I want to talk to you about your shakedown run in a USAC midget at the uh, the little quarter-mile bullring outside or inside of turn three. You ran uh, 12 laps, and I believe eight or nine laps. Uh, Come on, man. What I read is the quote. Oh, boy. It it was a lot harder than I ever thought. Give me your first-person account of you've driven on dirt with the SRX. You've driven on dirt to the Prelude to the Dream at Eldora, but this was your first midget experience.
2: What do you think? It was unbelievable, Jack. I mean, yes, I've done Eldora. Uh, before with uh, what was the, the, the super modified right that's what they called that car that i did that race uh, with tony then you know srx but this thing like i obviously didn't know what to expect but yeah. still i mean and the the track wasn't ready it was raining typical indie stopped so it was like you know we have to do this because they're pressed on time We're doing, obviously, some uh, demo laps to promote the BC39, which is happening in two weeks, and so on. But, like, I'm like, I'm not just doing demo laps. I need to try to go fast. Obviously, I sit in the car, and the throttle, like, it's like you're sitting in a chair, and the throttle, you press down. Up and down.
1: Right, yeah. It's
2: like, in my brain, I'm like, how do I do this? Like, am I sitting in my office chair with a throttle anyway and man that thing started it and i have to say the acceleration of this thing i've never felt anything like that and and you know like i'm comparing to a thousand horsepower champ car that we drove in the past and and Unbelievable! I mean, I had a lot of fun. It was 20 laps total, eight laps. Then I was completely out of shape, like uh, out of shape. I mean, not doing the right things. Then Tim Cloth right. stopped me and gave me some some tips. I need another 12 laps. The most physical car I've ever driven for sure, because you're fighting it the entire time. But I had a blast, Jack. Um, I cannot race the race because I have to be in Nashville for the Indy Car race, and that's Wednesday and Thursday. I gotta be in Nashville on Thursday. Otherwise, uh, I was going to be racing, but that led to an invitation to do other races. Now, Lucas will invite me to do some runs there on pavement. So, we'll see. I don't know what that's all going to end up, but I love it. I had, I had the most fun uh, that I hadn't had in a while.
1: Well, I, I, I can attest to it because of all the crazy, stupid, dumb things I've done. Running midgets on dirt. Started with, with mini sprints, but then, uh, in fact, my final race, was at New Hampshire Motor Speedway on a flat quarter-mile dirt track to uh, actually their inaugural dirt race in a dirt USAC midget. And, you know, the horsepower-to-weight ratio, as you said, sitting upright with a steering wheel that's more like a bus driver. And, you, and that's where they coined the phrase elbows up. And it's coming at you fast and furious, isn't it,
2: my friend? A hundred percent, man. Like, and, and, you know, I tried the IndyCar style. Like, You talk about being smooth turn like there the more that i fought the worse it got Yep. yeah so but you know it it, it was uh, an unbelievable experience jack i'm doing it again on wednesday night and we're doing another uh show run before the race started it uh and and uh obviously it's for a great cause uh you know we lost brian clausen a few years ago and he donated all you know a lot of his organs to other people saved a lot of lives so that's what we're trying to make the awareness. You know, I'm an organ donor as well. Myself. As am I.
1: Yep. So yep. I
2: don't know if there is anything good when I am when I go, but when <laughs> I can donate, I will. Uh, so anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm doing another, in 10 days from the week of the Nashville race, uh, we'll be doing uh, another demo run and uh, they're going to race for two nights. I have no
1: doubt. I have no doubt you will adapt to it. I have no doubt that you're going to fall in love with it. Sorry, Luca. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Who knows what lies ahead. Now, when you hit the pavement with those cars, dramatically different, but you'll get the feel. Let's get the update report. Tony Stewart now in the SRX series, three for three on dirt tracks. He has swept it, but you were involved in a couple of set twos there. Give me the breakdown of the SRX race.
2: It was fun, a lot of carnage at the end. You uh, think? You know, yeah. I think second on the second heat, Tony beat me uh, fair and square. And, and you know, uh, he's like, sorry, I'm on a mission today. I'm like, don't be sorry. I mean, and I've learned a lot once he passed me. And then on the final, everybody kind of got caught. Uh, I was a little bit of a mess on the positioning. I mean, USAC, going to have to review some of the things. Uh, some people did not start where they're supposed to supposed to start although we have a radio communication so I'm not gonna get into it uh, not interested in uh, controversy but I was not happy with the the way it went right, right and you know when you drop one or two positions that you're not supposed to be there things can get pretty ugly and then that's exactly what happened to me but I had a lot of fun we have another one this weekend yeah uh, in Karen Ohio so and this will be the last one, and then uh, we'll go from there. But Tony dominated, I mean, no doubt. I don't think I had anything for him, but I definitely had a podium there for sure. I
1: think what's on Tony's hit list is he wants to win on every track that he never won on before. That certainly was the case in Knoxville one year ago. Peebly, he had run midgets and sprint cars there, but had a mechanical problem. He had been denied until Saturday night a win at Kenny Schrader's place. So I got to look. I'm not sure if he's won at Sharon or not, but here's the caution, too. You got Blaney, not young Ryan Blaney, but Dave Blaney, who has cut his teeth on the dirt. So should it be a Stewart, I need to settle a score. I think Blaney will be sitting right in the front. All right. We put all that on the shelf because that's non-racing related IndyCar style. But boy, there was a lot of news. Scott Dixon finally getting off the schneid after oh so many races and uh you know he did it in a convincing fashion but he also did it with what i think was some really effective strategy from the pit box
2: yeah i mean if you guys looked i think uh two things determined that win him saving fuel to have a shorter stop but also Also, what people missed, I think, not people, but the broadcast kind of missed was Herta took a little bit too long to leave the pits because he was blocked by McLaughlin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He twisted stop and those. So when he came in, he had 1.7 seconds ahead of Scott. Scott put last few, had a stellar stop, but then Colton lost another second just to leave his box. And after that, it was just, it was pretty close between those two cars. And then when it became a fuel mileage race until that last yellow, I I had no doubt Dixon had the upper hands. I mean, that's no disrespect to Colton or anybody in that field. But if there is a guy that can go fast and save fuel, uh, the best best one was leading that race. It was nice after
1: a handful of years when Canada was closed due to COVID-19 to not only see the IndyCars back there because of more than three decades of history, around that exhibition place street course, but a couple of takeaways. What a great crowd, number one, but number two, the argument I believe can be made that was as rough and sketchy a racetrack as well. I'll put it in the same category as Detroit, different types of pavement going back on things that had sealer with new pavement with concrete. And I know that makes for a difficult setup from the engineers and an awfully long day in terms of, for the drivers. But when you have the fact that that you forget, it's a short course. There was a lot of action. Nine
2: seconds. I I
1: know, you know what? Everybody wanted to focus on the front, but there was action all the way down to the back of the field. And part of it was because it was difficult to pass. You had to be braver than Dick Tracy to get a spot.
2: Yeah. I mean, Many things happened there, right? Three years that we didn't go there. Place was packed, by the way. Yeah. sold out, three days, crazy, crazy. I'm Probably the biggest attendance they had in years. But then also the track, quote unquote, the street course. I mean, nobody really looked at it for three years, so it didn't matter. I mean, they fixed whatever they had to fix because of the streets, right? They've been building hotels and stuff around, but then you come back with heavier cars, with the windscreen on, a little bit more grip, so you're tearing the track, the asphalt or the concrete or whatever those transitions Yeah, you
1: saw that big concrete block that came up. That's that's
2: why, you know, so a lot of things affected there. And then you get the field so tight. Many guys hadn't, like, I don't know, more than almost like 10 guys hadn't raced there ever and trying to figure out. And then the field has been so close as far as lap time and, like, tough to pass you gotta find your way i mean couldn't have gotten any better i mean shame that uh, i think that race is as as watching the race on 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 stream it was an awesome race too bad it wasn't on the you know network i have yeah. to say yeah but i understand exactly why toronto was never they're never sure if that was gonna happen again ever so it was like we can't put that on a on the schedule and then we can't afford not to have a race. So, uh, but awesome race, Jack. I mean, you know, if you were there, I mean, it was action from the front pack, the mid pack and the back. Pack. Everywhere. And Everywhere. then every,
1: every pit stop was a crapshoot because of the way they've configured. It's the opposite side of when they, in the old days where you would come in off of the final turn and you'd go, you'd go driver's right. Now it's the driver's left. And you got to make kind of a right-hand turn then a little left-hand turn, then a right-hand turn. And, and that made for tight quarters racing. And I tried to research it, TK. I believe that's the most cars that IndyCar has ever flagged for the start at Toronto in a very compressed area to begin with.
2: With the tightest pit lane, the yeah. smallest pit lane, not straight. It's curved. Like for us drivers, it's a nightmare. I mean, erickson during warm-up hit two of his guys Newgarden came into the pits was so out that the mechanics had to pull the car to slide the car in to be able to get the fuel fuel in in. yeah so like crazy crazy like everything added to to the race which is i mean it's awesome to watch it's crazy if you're part of it like you hated it you i mean i know like pit lanes are tight those cars don't have a lot of turn of range so you have to kind of like tilted like Colton did we just talked about then you have to hit your marks but at the same time you see uh you know Will Power complaining about his pit box because he's been qualifying for one reason or the other in the back so the good ones are in the front the back is like could get a corner a corner with a manhole a cor- like it's 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 a it's, a, it's a, you don't know what you're gonna get when you get there so uh, adds a lot to it and it's a lot of fun for us watching but I mean I I can't tell you they're never gonna say it or admit it but Every driver there hated
1: it. Oh, for sure. But you know what? Get over it. For, hey, for that's why we get paid the big tourists. bucks. Exactly. Or <laughs> the not-so-big bucks, depending. Speaking of big bucks, we're going we're gonna to visit with Scott Dixon in the next segment. He's going to be joining us. So we're not neglecting the Iceman's uh, historic tying of Mario Andretti's victory. But there are some side stories that continue. The cauldron is bubbling when it comes to Alex Pelot and uh, the the Arrow McLaren slash CGR thing that looks, and Nate Ryan posted uh, earlier today his uh, continuation post-Toronto. But let me say first, Alex did a credible job because I would I did not want to be in NBC's position. You have to ask the questions, but you already know the answers. And I thought as a, as a, a very classy way he attempted to deflect, and not to offer anything additional. But this thing is not going away, TK. This thing has got a lot more legs, according to Nate Ryan, than even any of us ever understood. And what was disturbing to me, and I want to get your initial reaction, Nate Ryan is not one to just throw out, you know, a rumor. But Nate Ryan suggested that there is a growing possibility that Alex Pillow will be so tied up in court proceedings that he could miss part or all of the 2023 season. Your reaction to that?
2: I doubt it. I've been in that position before. Unless Alex makes that decision, everything has a way out. I mean, contracts are contracts but you can always try to you know I mean every one thing I've learned when I came to America because here is like the the land of suing people lawyers oh, and settlements exactly like, that every lawsuit ended up in a settlement like a lot of percentage of it so I think Nate gave us the whole picture the worst case scenario
1: possibly so yeah
2: possibly so but then like I see that happening of Zach as Alex, don't worry about it. Get ready. We'll pay you. Take some time off and just, you know. But I honestly think they're going to come down to an agreement one way or the other. My personal opinion, I think he's not staying. Um, but this is my opinion. Again, I have to be extremely careful because I'm talking about still my right. team. Under and, contract. You, and
1: you're under contract too.
2: Right. And then yeah. I know nothing. I mean, I have yeah. not talked to Chip. I, it's not my place to talk to Alex. I know nothing. I can only talk. I'm here talking, not as an Aganasi employee, but as a as a co-host of our radio show.
1: And, and as a driver who's been beat- through this himself. Right. Right yes. or wrong. I mean, I've yeah. been
2: through this when I, when Michael kind of let me go and I still had a contract with him. Um, he says, no, I'll pay you f- for you to stay home. I said, no, I don't want to stay home. So he said, well, oh, but if you don't want to stay home, then I'm not going to pay you this much. I'm pay. I said, all yeah. right, but that was my choice. So that is a lot to it. I mean, both parties, we never know. Like, you know, it was a big fuzz and then all of a sudden nobody's talking about it anymore. Like they couldn't. Yeah, but that's, but legal. PK,
1: that's exactly that. That's the big red signal that the attorneys are going to handle it at probably five to a thousand dollars an hour. And yeah. one thing that you and I know is, Chip values a loyalty and he will not turn his back on a fight.
2: Jack, honestly on chips, like let's, let's, but he's a
1: businessman.
2: Right. He, but, right. but in yeah. the same way, let's, let's just think about this. We call, we, we, we keep saying we have, you know, it's one team, Scott. I mean, it's the leader of that team. Erickson is doing really well. Um, how is going to be the atmosphere? after you blatantly tell your team you don't, want, you to don't
1: want to be there yeah you don't want like, to
2: stay. i mean you can still work it out yeah and then maybe maybe he ended up staying another year because whatever contractually whatever but but why i mean what's 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 the benefit? well let me
1: let me really screw with your mind okay what unbeknownst to me but until i read nate ryan's article is we already know that zach has acquired for Formula One testing purposes, Colton Herta, who wowed the Team McLaren group with his test, we know that Alex Palou and Paddle Award have been in their press the press releases coming from Team McLaren that part of their responsibilities wherever they may be driving will be also in development in the F1 as some of the support drivers. Correct? Okay. But Colton Herta still has to accrue enough points through testing because he does not have an FIA license to the best of my knowledge, ditto for Pato award who already has an FIA license and that's Alex Polo. So that gives you a little bit more maneuverability going back to what you're saying. All right. Alex doesn't want to stay there, but you know, in the interim, if it is tied up, Alex could still go and, you know, be a test driver for team McLaren and now all of a sudden we're gonna add, you know, those attorneys that are billing at five hundred to a thousand. Now we got more attorneys getting involved, dissecting the contracts, and now the clock starts to tick at about two thousand dollars an hour.
2: Right. But but to me, then they all those guys that we mentioned are in for the I mean, not not Colton because Colton got hired. He still races from, from
1: and he's still under contract. My, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: But and Pato is there already. Yep. yep. So, but then if, if, if Palu, that's what Palu's thinking to go to Formula One, then, then that, that I, I'm disappointed because I think, I don't know. He races for the best team in IndyCar right now. I don't know his reason. It's a head scratcher. No. You know, um, but again, we talked about this, our last, sh- in our last show, how many guys, how many guys you want to go fight for one seat in Formula One and who has a yeah. priority? Yeah. I, I mean okay you're gonna say the priority is the guy that has the license all right that fair enough because fia uh it's gonna it's an edge but, it's not a priority it's an right edge. but at the same right. time are you really want to upset your current driver that has been there for years pato i mean <laughs> at the time uh that you promise him a couple things you he already got mad when they hired colton um, yeah you know and, yep. and then they finally lock him up in his contract so I don't I don't I don't understand. I I totally I, I honestly don't understand the reasons. I mean I can guess why Alex wanted it to leave. And and my sole opinion, and I would probably bite my tongue, I don't think it's the F1 thing. I don't I think
1: either. it's money.
2: And I and there we money. gotta
1: throw in, as Paul Tracy revealed to us, Roger Yasukawa, who discovered Alex below and who really you know, kind of charted the course for this youngster. Was let go by Alex right after the Indianapolis 500 of this season. A new management group comes in, made all sorts of promises, and this is something else that Nate Ryan was attempting to ferret out. Just where did that new management group? You know, where are they involved in this? And and to be honest with you, Zach Brown was quoted as saying, "I've never read Alex's contract." which is but, a bunch of BS. Well, okay?
2: well, well I, I'm not sure if that's a legal answer, but also I don't doubt it because Jack, I cannot, if you were negotiating something legally, yeah. I could not show you my contract, like my current contract, because that's not legal. That's confidential. Yeah. Yeah. But I doubt- but my contract
1: was serious. I'd right. love to show it to you, but. But then you would right. say, Oh man, you're working like for like helping. mine, you know, I can't show
2: yeah. you because then you're gonna be mad that you <laughs> know. <laughs> you know. Uh, but my point is I doubt that between lawyers, both parties, they haven't talked. Like legally, you can't say like in, in every guys, this this is this is how it goes down. When you get approached, you have two things that you have to say. Either I can't talk to you right now, or I can. If I say I can't talk to you. okay when can you talk
1: right then you
2: go well june 10th Mm -hmm. well that is a confidential information regardless because you shouldn't be able to say that anyway
1: that's a great point yeah
2: well but then jack if me tony canan are not talking to jack carut but joe blow tony canan's lawyer is talking to john c jack carut's lawyer that means we're not talking
1: yeah No, no, look, that's splitting hairs, but welcome to the United States and the the litigious society that we live in. All right, we've pretty much exhausted and haven't even scratched the surface of all the news. We need to talk a little bit about this torture test this weekend in the uh, cornfields of Iowa. We'll do that in our third segment, but buckle up, Buttercup. Coming up next is the guy who I coined the nickname the Iceman when he was a rookie in champ car competition. And the Iceman cometh. One week ago in Toronto. That's right. When we return, we'll visit with Scott Dixon right here on Brick by Brick.
0: Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Green flag to the checkered flag. We're discussing the hottest topics from the NTT IndyCar series. This is Sirius xm's Brick, Brick by Brick. Brick. History made, win number 52. Scott Dixon has tied Mario Andretti for the second most wins in IndyCar history. Dixon has done it in Toronto.
1: Welcome back, as promised, here on Brick by Brick. Joining us virtually, TK, is your teammate. And the guy that just absolutely made the return to Canada all his own, driver of the PNC Bank, number nine. Yeah, we're talking about Scott Dixon. And was
2: my pick to win the race, by the way.
1: Oh, shut up, okay? Excuse me. You're killing me. I hope
2: you put some money on that, man. I hope you put some money on that.
1: No, he just rubs it in because I'm (laughs) pathetic this year, okay? In terms of pick'ems. You are. But congratulations on the win. And you got a little emotional when you realized, Scotty, afterwards that you had tied Mario with the most career victories. And then like five minutes later, Mario tweets out his congratulations to you in your wildest dreams. Did you ever think that you would attain that sort of record with someone that in our sport is just absolutely so legendary?
3: uh no definitely not you know I think all of us you know and TK could speak of this too is just that you know when you're growing up you 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 dream big you you know you hope that one day you can get to that situation but um you know obviously for me it's it's not a short road either you know you're talking no. <laughs> 20 plus years that you know anything and multiple things can go wrong whether it's you know injuries to you know just not being in a competitive car you know so for me it's um definitely a, a huge milestone and this one definitely took a there's a little bit of uh, time between drinks, unfortunately. I think twenty, twenty-three races or something, which was which was frustrating. And I think the unfortunate part in this sport is that most of us, the only thing we think about the ones that got away, opposed to you know the victories that you got. You know, so um, it was a special moment for sure. Uh, it was nice to have a uh, smooth and clean weekend. The car was, you know, competitive. All four cars were competitive right out of the box which is tremendous but uh you know to, to get that tweet from from mario i was bummed that mario wasn't there i knew he wasn't there that weekend um but uh, looking forward to seeing him soon and, and you know his words are extremely kind and you know for me he's a, a, a one of the the greatest legends of our sport and across many different disciplines um, You know, but the, the great thing about him and AJ and, and you know, uh, many alike is that, you know, we get to see them most weekends, which is very cool and, and very cool to be able to chat with them and talk about their generation uh, and their racing and things like that. So, uh, yeah, very special weekend for sure.
2: Ace, um, I know you very well and I've seen probably all your 52 victories. Um, I was home. I couldn't be there. I wish I was there with you. Um, watching you. And after you've been through this year, because a lot of people don't know how hard you are on yourself. And, and people just think, Dixon, he will figure out, he will win, and, and that's, you know, and you do. And you, that's what you do. And that's why it makes you who you are. But first thing, you look happier than usual. Is that right or not? Am I, am I wrong about that? No,
3: I th- you're totally right. You know, uh, for many reasons, though. You know, I think um, it was—it's been a wild year for one. It's been lots of ups and downs. Um, and I think you—you know—doubt always comes into everybody's mind, and especially when you know it had been a little bit before, since we had won. You know, I think coming off kind of the mistake that I made at Indy, you know, a lot of those things do take its toll. You know, and and you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's not about the fall; it's always about the comeback. And you know, I think that's. <laughs> Again, as you know, it's it's not one single person, right? It's, it's the whole team. It's hundreds of details and everybody getting everything right. And, you know, even this weekend at Toronto, we had the fastest pit stops on pit lane again, you know, and, and, and it takes that effort to make it possible, uh, especially now and how competitive it is. You know? So, yeah, I was I was super happy. I think it, it's, it's weird. When you get on rolls in some of the seasons where you get three, four, five, you know, sometimes six or seven wins, you just take it for granted. It's kind of weird. And then when you kind of have a bit of a low, you're like, man, that those times were really great, but I didn't really take them as being that great, you know? So I, honestly, I was just happy to get a win, man. And and uh, obviously in the way that we did it, we had a super competitive car and, you know, passed for the lead and it, it was just fun. We didn't get gifted that win either, which, you know, some of those you better take, but um, yeah, I was happy for the team man. happy for everybody. Uh, and it was a wild week for other reasons as well, you know? <laughs>
1: There's a certain irony, and you kind of touched upon it, Dixie, with the fact that not, never will it erase what happened in the Indy 500. I understand that. But having your crew get you in and out and ahead of Colton with a with a lightning-fast pit stop, and you know, for them to deliver to you and to themselves a victory, th- that had to be a unifying moment for you. Not maybe at least taking some of the focus off of Indy?
3: Yeah, for sure. You know, I think there's, there's multiple things that kind of, you know, for me, i turned the page pretty quickly on Indianapolis. You know, you, yeah. you kind of have to in the sport. But but uh, again, you know, I think for me, I feel I get more upset for the people around me, whether it's, you know, my wife or whether it's Chip or whether it's, you know, all the people on the nine car or if it's all the people on the team, you know, the amount of effort that goes in, especially to Indianapolis, you know, there's still, trust me, I still haven't redeemed myself from, from that one.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> you know, but it, 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 I think that's what, uh, gets me down more is probably the disappointment that I enforced on a bunch of others, but you know that's that's the way it goes, you know. And again, it's a it's a team sport, you know. And, and the way that we executed on the weekend, I didn't honestly didn't think it was going to be that close coming out of the pits, and and then when Colton braked, I was like, oh, what's he braking for? And then you see me kind of hesitate. Cause I'm yeah. Like, it's, well, what's going on here? So then you know, I just got off the brakes and went in deeper. Uh, so I was kind of I was kind of caught off guard a little bit with how early he braked and that one. He was just being cautious, I think, but uh, obviously opened up a huge opportunity for us. But that's you know the whole series of that, pitting on the right lap that we pitted, having a smooth stop, having a good out lap, you know, getting that opportunity into turn one, and and that changes the whole race, you know. So it was uh, it was definitely very special.
2: You know, a guy that has so much success. I mean, I've heard this my at least in the past ten years, myself, and I wanted the people to understand what. I mean, I saw Darius tweet, and I I totally agree. Like, how, you know, a guy like you, I know you could care less, but but I need to ask, how did you deal with these people all having an opinion about Scott Dixon needs to retire? Oh, look at Palu and Erickson now. You know, like you know, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The whispers. I, the whispers. Yeah, right. yeah. I was your teammate for years and that's what I've heard which it never really affected me because I knew exactly my capabilities my strengths and my weaknesses did that at any point uh, I know it bothers you but not bothers you to an extent that it's gonna hurt your performance but how do you deal with it
3: uh I don't actually re- you know like you get a f- you people maybe in the media like social media wise i don't really engage much i don't really <laughs> i i think i use twitter maybe 10 times a year we know uh you know i think i post well
1: tk makes up for you Scotty.
3: <laughs> yeah. okay well yeah but tk is very good at it He. I, i'm just not very natural at that stuff if i go to do something and then i'm like oh should i post that and as soon as i think that i'm like no nah, i'm not going to post it <laughs> i might do that 150 times a year and i post 10 times a year so <laughs> I, I don't know like it's. um So luckily, I don't really engage in that stuff. Yes, you get the questions, you know, when you do the press conferences or the media, you know, availabilities on race weekends. But I don't know, man. Honestly, it's about if you're having fun, I'm still having fun. I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm still, you know, with one of the greatest teams uh, in the world and enjoying it. I think, you know, we're still competitive. Last year, I think, you know, we would have maybe won the championship, you know, had we not had uh, the issue at at Indy. You know, we we had a Mm -hmm. 60-plus deficit points. Uh, just at any the same this year, so you know as long as we can um, you know have a more consistent run, I think we've, we've we've definitely got a great shot, but I don't know, I don't I don't yeah I don't I don't, know. I don't really care what people think, Tony. I care what you think. Um, you know, but uh, I don't really care what people think, man. I, I just I, I'm, I feel lucky doing what I do, man. I just want to keep doing it that's all. <laughs> look
1: awesome. i'd be I'd be remiss, Scotty, if you know everything that's happening at CGR that's unrelated to you. And one of your teammates and, you know, it's, it's, it it certainly isn't preoccupying all the excitement or overshadowing your victory or the points chase and all of that. But when you're inside of CGR, do you consciously try to isolate yourself from it or does it in any way affect what you've been doing for oh, so many years, when you walk into that shop or you go into the trailer on site, you know, what's life for Scott Dixon, who's totally, unrelated to what's going down, how has it in any way affected you or has it?
3: Uh, I don't, you know, I think it affects everybody, right? You know, it's, it's, uh, this is, you know, one of the quarterbacks of the team that's deciding to, you know, it's hard. I don't know all the details, but you know, I think there's a right way and wrong way to do things and how you should handle it. Uh, And there's also never just yourself to think about, you know, there's, there's a lot of people. So um, yeah, I, I just think it was handled really badly uh whoever that is i don't know you know but um it could have been done a, a lot better um and i guess my disappointment again is for you know all, all the people at should be racing it's, it's not just one person so team, yeah yeah it's the team man and and um you know honestly i don't think it really i think there was a little bit of awkwardness this weekend just because people are not sure what's going to happen what's going to you know what's going to change if anything's going to change um uh, and I guess that's that's some sense of just, you know, not knowing what's coming. But uh, honestly, I think everybody worked uh, as usual. It maybe kind of also made people focus a little bit more too because there was so much noise going on. I think it was in, in a way you kind of focused on, on what was meaningful, um, which was good. You know, you kind of put your head down and got after it. So, you know, sometimes these uh, things have, you know, uh, good reactions to them. And, and, you know, I think as a team, you know, Alex did a tremendous job in the race. You know, that that whole team effort on on the ten car side, coming from you know twenty second or whatever to to fifth or six, you know, that was that was huge. Same on the on the eight car side. You know, we have uh, three cars in the, in the top four for the championship. You know, I'm tied four people, I think, with with Joseph at the moment. But you know, that's 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 huge. So uh, yeah, we just got to keep our head down and, and ultimately, hopefully, you know, the eight, the nine, the ten, you know, one of these cars can can win the championship and keep it at home.
1: I got to ask you depending and we don't know what's going to happen but if there is a slot open in 2023 at cgr do you do you in any way think that my co-host would be up up to the task of going back to the grind you know of not just doing you know a one-off and you know could we get the old man to strap himself in the cockpit for all of the races
3: no I think, I think it's a dumb deal. It's just we're waiting on TK to agree to it. He keeps like, oh, I don't know. He's yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going 50-50, right, Tony? Let's go 50-50. I'll give
2: you, hey, let, make, that, make that deal happen. I'll give you 70-30, man. Good
1: luck. Yeah, because well, ultimately, here's the deal, though, TK. All right? Huh? If the deal is offered to you, you cannot turn it down. No, oh, yeah, of it's course not. Right. Of right. course
2: not, but guys, come on, let's be real. That's not going to happen. There's you know, like I said that and Vixen's going to laugh, but when this whole turmoil happened last week, people like the Brazilians made it up that I got a call. Yes. <laughs> do, do you guys realize as just just as an IndyCar drivers, right? Chip has 3 of them. They're not racing anymore, they're on the contract. Myself, Bordet, and Hunter Ray. So let, let's just think. About Hands
1: that. down, you're at the top of that list, though. No, I'm not.
2: Jack, yeah. yeah. I hear, I
3: hear it's TK, man. But yeah, I'm going to start TK. that
1: rumor, Dix. Yeah, yeah. 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 Seriously, well, well,
3: I see it. Look at him laughing. Look I, at him; I mean, he's, he's turning so, red. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah.
1: I think we we pulled the scab off the wound. <laughs> right. No comments. Hey. No comments. No comment. Yeah, you you <laughs> and no comment do not go together. All right. <laughs> Listen, Scotty, congratulations. Good luck this weekend when you double down in the uh, field of dreams in Iowa. And uh, continued success as you go after. Uh, now, yet another championship. There's still plenty of time left.
3: We'll be trying, man. I appreciate it. Good to see you guys. Thank you so much. You guys. Thanks,
2: man.
1: Okay. I'm going to make it happen. Take Let's it to it, the bro. bank. Yeah. <laughs>
2: hey,
1: when we come back, uh, we're going to visit with each other and preview this coming weekend's Double Down at Iowa. You're listening to Brick by Brick. I'm Jack Aroot. He's Tony Kanan. Let's start the rumor, folks. He is in the hunt. He's the odds-on favorite to take over Chip Ganassi Racing full-time next year. Boy, we can get (laughs) some links on that on the social media. We'll be right back.
0: Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. We're hitting the apex. To bring you the hottest news from the NTT IndyCar Series, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick.
1: Welcome back. He is Tony Kanaan. I'm Jack Aroot. And, you know, TK, whenever we have Dixie on, uh, I love the dynamic back and forth between you and he because you guys kind of came up through the ranks together. And there's so many times that I just want to kick back and, and just be a fly on the wall because, uh, you know, Dixie, People that know him, the the persona that you see when they stick a microphone in front of them, trust me, folks, what you just listened to is dramatically different than that. And what I'm saying is because when you feel comfortable and TK, that's why having that long-term relationship is so valuable and it allows us to bring, you know, some inside information, but he's never going to change, is he? He's the master of understatement. He's a guy that just kind of looks at everything in a low key and yet I've listened for years to his conversations on the radio. He can get almost, I say almost, as animated as you are on a radio. What do you do? Just dislocate it from your brain? You know,
2: like a lot of people, it's its I don't, I, he's one of my best friends so there are some things that I have to keep it private because mm-hmm. he's a, and I don't I think he he probably keeps it that to himself. But people think Scott's the this calm, very <laughs> composed. Well, that's why I called him the Iceman. You know, I gave him the nickname. That, which yeah. he, he comes out like that. But that is no mistake, man. I he he has a, is as aggressive as I'm just more vocal about it. Okay. But the guy is not all that calm and which is it's a good thing you know what i mean like you can hear some of the conversations in the radio how the way he questions strategy but he has a very well he he the difference between him and i it's I, i'm gonna give you a, a metaphor that you totally gonna understand we will pick a fight you and i jack and i'm probably gonna hand it up it, although i'm right i'll be that i'll end it up being wrong because at some point i'm gonna yell i'm gonna say something that i didn't mean and, and I'm, and that's it. Dixon is the opposite. You'll pick yeah. the same fight, but he will prove it that he is right. So, and that's the same way he does when he's driving. So very aggressive and very vocal. And then he has a lot to say and in a lot of weight on strategy with Mike Hall as well.
1: All right. That leaves us to, uh, you know, the field of dreams in Newton, Iowa. And uh, if you liked one, Oh, my God, you're going to like, too, because that's basically what the IndyCar series is going to do with their two-for-weekend, two-series races along a list of concert performers and the Indy Lights race. It's a doubleheader brought to you by Hy-Vee, which is one of the newest uh, series sponsors. Let's talk about race one. Okay, that's your typical race weekend. But then everything's done, all right? And you've done all your interviews, and at the end of race one, now you've got about an 18-hour turnaround, and it's race two. I don't think we pay enough attention to the G loads, to the fact that these cars don't have power steering, to the downforce that's created. It's like racing in a blender. So, And you've got the experience there of having a double down. What does Sunday morning feel like? Uh, after you've already completed the first race and they go, Hey, we got another show coming in about two hours.
2: Well, you're really sore. Your neck hurts. Your body hurts. Everybody's tired. The the mechanics included, but you know, you try to hydrate the night before you try to get some painkillers so you can, but it's just physical. That's, that's what it is. And then I think that's just uh, the nature of the product. We did double headers in Detroit, for God's sakes, after, you know an Indy 500 month but yeah yeah it, it takes a toll and it, it's gonna be miserably hot probably a lot more than we ever done remember we used to even do night races there so depending how hot is Saturday Sunday is gonna be brutal for yeah the and I
1: believe it could very well be the hottest race conditions since the introduction of the aero screen
2: right and then I have to say I mean I've Experiencing some of the heat this summer with the SRX races. We went to Florida, it was 103. Last week was 107. Um, it's not pleasant. So it's has then going that fast because, you know, the Indy cars are faster. To that bumpy track, uh, very, the, the sensation of speed for folks that don't understand. If you put an Indy car at, at the speedway at the Indy 500, it's fast, it's 240 miles an hour. Top speed, 223 miles an hour average. But you go to wire the sensation of speed, it's ten thousand times. High. You think you're going a lot faster than actually uh at the speedway. And that takes a lot of beat in your body. So uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's not just about having the setup this weekend, Jack, but also who is the most fitted and that it could take care of as far as their body to survive the weekend.
1: And in the points, Chase, let's remember the only you know, there's In essence, you're looking at double points. You do 250 laps on Saturday, and then if the heat and the soreness isn't enough, let's add another 50 in the high v 300 the next day. And you brought up something that I think sometimes we don't pay attention to. At least when you're done with your duties on Saturday, you can retreat to your motor coach or to your hotel, but your crew, your support staff, especially if you didn't perform well, like consider Pagino, Simon Pagino, a couple of years ago, had a terrible race in race. One found himself way in the back on race two. That crew just doesn't put a cover on the car. They're having to put in hours to try and figure out what to do. I think the crew gets more worn out, even mentally. Uh, And that leads to mistakes on pit road. You've got to be fresh for 300 miles. But they've got to be fresh as well. And I, I just think, not that it's a recipe for disaster, but I think that those are some keys that we should focus on when NBC covers this twin bill this weekend.
2: 100%. I mean, the guys work from 7 to whatever time every day. They're going to set up on Thursday. They're going to work all day Friday. They're going to work all day Saturday. In blistering,
1: days. In, blistering, correct, he,
2: yeah. in the pits and then some people have to change engines some people have to re-wrap cars which i think they kind of avoid that now like trying to because it's too much and, and although the wrapping part it's a completely different crew but yeah i mean it's it's also a survivor for the mechanics and that's why nowadays even those guys i mean every big team right now jack has a trainer in a gym inside their shop, not just for pit stops. The guys are like, you know, and that's why some of the veterans, mechanic uh, veteran mechanics are just over the wall. Nowadays, the, the, the guys like, you know, on the other side of the wall, the guys over the wall have to be athletes. It's, and that is no doubt. So some teams nowadays have prepared, it's kind of like the NASCAR teams. They have their pit stop crew and their experience making. So that's kind of like alleviating a little bit, But still, it'd still be much longer days for those guys with with two races.
1: It's one that you need to circle for various and sundry reasons. I would feel very justified at the end when we get together next week. Uh, I think you and I will be able to, you know, rub the the genie and have the genie come out of the bottle and predict who likely will win this championship. But we got to do a total of two picks and a long shot. You are just absolutely killing me, Smalls. You're killing me this year. So I'm going to let you go first. Race number one.
2: I mean, that one, I, I honestly, we haven't been there in a couple of years, but I, uh, I'm i going to go with my first pick, New Garden. I mean, I've raced that guy. Good there. Yeah, very- he's
1: brutal. Yeah.
2: My he's pick number killer. two, honestly, will be Connor Daly. I've I watched the test. He's done
1: well there. Started on the pole in the past uh, back for Carlin Racing. Those are two good picks. Now, so, is that your long shot or is that the pick for race number two?
2: So that's race number one. Uh, okay, and
1: your long shot is daily. Okay, my
2: long shots daily. I would say I'll pick daily for both long shots. Race two. We should do Jack. We should do race. I mean, one or two doesn't matter. So New Garden. Okay. Uh, to win the one of the races and one then of I'll the races
1: pick. and daily, the or you're going to change now?
2: No, and daily to do both. My my okay. my. My long shot, and then uh, I would say my other pick, tough man. I'm gonna go with Pato,
1: okay. Uh, and I don't know whether it's gonna be Saturday or Sunday, but one of my race right. winners, Colton Herta, okay. Uh, let's not forget that he decided to become airborne. Well, I believe the last time we were there, and it was spectacular. Uh, my, my, uh, uh the other winner that I'm looking at. You took Newgarden off the board, so it's a tough pick, but I, I believe that if I take a look at Team Penske, I'm going to give you a wild one. McLaughlin. Okay. okay. My, long, my long shot, you took Daily on me, so I'll take VK. How about that?
2: That's fair. Like, okay, Carpenter huh. is pretty strong there with both yes, of Yes, he is. All right. Is Ad Racing too? I think so.
1: Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. okay
1: but i I, you know what i'm not discounting ed but i I think today nowadays it's tough to just jump in and out you've proved that it's a fact i can
2: attest to that
1: yeah exactly hey my thanks to all of you for tuning in don't forget my thanks to scott dixon as well kind of funny none of us pick scott dixon either as the long shot or he likes uh, that he likes that well he prefers that Likes to sneak in under the radar. So my thanks to Dixie for joining us. Plan to be back with us again next week when we'll break that all down. And uh, as the wheel turns, the uh, soap opera that's surrounding IndyCar with uh, Team McLaren, and with Alex Pillow and with Chip Ganassi and CGR certainly will continue. We'll also get an update from my partner as he straps himself in a midget yet again, preparing for the BC 39. In a USAC midget. I'm Jack Aroot. Hey, don't forget, if you want to hear from Marco Andretti, this week's uh, episode of Wind Tunnel features Marco and he weighs in on how much fun he's having just getting away from the craziness of the IndyCar series. And I visit with him and I think you'll find some of the comments that Marco makes. Very, very interesting. That's Jack Aroot's Wind Tunnel. But until next week, I'm Jack Aroot for Tony Canon. So long, everybody and enjoy your IndyCar Doubleheader Weekend.